Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom. And where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome back for this episode of the Teacher Transition Podcast. I am so excited for you to meet today's guest and to learn about his company. Today's guest is Jeff Patterson. Now, years ago, Jeff was attending an EdTech conference. And at that conference, a teacher told him how her students could not use internet and a variety of technology. And it wasn't because her students weren't capable of using them. It's because of safety concerns of using them. From that time forward, Jeff worked directly to solve that problem. And now he is the founder and creator of Gaggle, an ed tech company that has the goal of giving teachers an easy way to watch over the gaggle of their students and to ensure their safety. Jeff wanted to bring the power of digital communication and technology to schools to engage and motivate students while ensuring that they were safe in the process. So listen in this episode for how his company has helped to save the lives of 1,000 students just in this last year alone. And also listen for the many roles that he's going to describe where teachers have incredible skills and incredible knowledge already to land opportunities at education companies and ed tech companies. Also, to learn more from Jeff, be sure to join us at our upcoming summit. It's April 16th and 17th. Jeff and leaders from other companies, and former teachers from so many different companies, as well as freelancing former teachers, are going to be sharing how you can identify what you want to do next and land those opportunities. So with no more delay, let's go ahead and jump into this episode with Jeff Patterson. Jeff, thank you so much for taking your time to join us on this call. Yeah. Glad to be here. Um, Jeff, I'd love to start out hearing about a little bit about your career path and how you got to creating Gaggle. All right. So I was a, I'm a born entrepreneur. It's just how I came out of the womb, I suppose. Right. So I, I really started my first business selling rocks to the neighborhood. I think I was four. Um, so this is just kind of who I am. Uh, I have a bit of an outrageous quote. Um, look, I, I could have either been the CEO of Gaggle, maybe Mark Zuckerberg, Hugh Hefner, or a Mexican drug t- cartel leader. Any one of those would have been me. Um, they're all sort of entrepreneurial in their own way. Well said. So uh, right after college, I did go get a real job for one year. I tried it. Um, I was an investment banker for one year. And as soon as my bonus check cleared, I cleared out too. Um, And then I've been starting businesses ever since then. Most were mediocre or outright failures. The mediocres are the worst. Um, And I started Gaggle about 21, 22 years ago. I was at a teacher educational technology conference called TCEA. 
Okay. I had some other educational software I was there with. And I remember asking a teacher, would you, are you using email with your students? And she said, no, no, no. My, my school district would never let my kids have an email address. Granted, this was a long time ago, right? And, and by the way, I was young back then. Okay, I was young, right? I feel so old saying 21 years. So I asked her the why questions, right? It was all about safety and security. And I might, you know, how are we going to know the kids are, are, are okay, right? So I said, well, I'll build something for that. And so that was the genesis of Gaggle. That's awesome. I, I mean, so many thoughts are coming to mind when I was in the classroom teaching and my school had a policy of no cell phones, like on the student during the class, mm-hmm. you know, they had to stay in the backpacks. I was like, you are kidding me because that is an incredible resource. I can be doing instant polling with my students, see where they're at, see their metrics. Like I could be doing so many things. And so anyway, we adjusted things, but yeah, I love identifying like what are the best tools and strategies for the right learning outcomes and harnessing that. Yeah. Hearing that with email. Oh. Yeah. Well, back then it was like, okay, so we don't want kids writing and communicating and collaborating with people. Around. I was collaborating with people around the world. I'm like, this is a great tool. We need to let, we need to find a way to convince the district to let this kids have it. Yeah. So true. Let's go back to how you mentioned that you went into investment banking. You tried it for a year. I mean, I would imagine it paid quite well, but then you're like, no, now a ton of teachers in our audience relate with that, but that kind of bridge or that gap of being at kind of, you know, if we're looking at it, like here's a cliff and the drop off of, I have no idea what to do next. And I can see different opportunities as these other cliffs, but there's this Canyon in between. Take us back to that a little bit. Like, why did you decide to do something different and how did you go about it? Uh, so as I said, it was just, it's always in my blood, right? This is just kind of who I am, right? And concern and fear wasn't even something that entered into my thinking, right? I was young. I was probably 22 years old, right? And I, I would liken it to, you know, wandering the desert for 40 years, um, right? So there was like several companies I started in between. And I remember living in a really crappy apartment in North Hollywood, <laughs> And, you know, um, not having money, right, and doing anything, right, it was, it was definitely rough. And even once I started Gaggle, after I left those first two businesses behind, it was still three or four years till I could pay myself anything. Um, and it, you know, in, in education, this is not a fast-moving market. It is not a hockey stick of growth. The last year and a half, maybe notwithstanding, um, and so it's just, it's, it's a long, slow climb to be successful in ed tech. Yeah, so true. And, and with startups, gosh, what a path, you know? And, and mine was a little different. I don't know if you know this, Allie, but uh, I bootstrapped it. So there are no outside investors, right? Wow. This is why I've been able to stay at it for 20 years because I just do whatever I want to do. I don't yeah. have anybody else. I don't have a boss. Yeah, which is amazing. Like not having a boss. Oh, I love that. I, you know, when my brother and I, when we were really, really young, we did start a little company. It lasted maybe a day and we made um, paper airplanes, but then it wasn't long. And I was like, you know, I, I just don't think this is going to be in high demand. I, I don't know how this is going to go, but, but it's so fun to hear that you, yeah, you've, you've done this always. And I love in working with teachers, really having them go back to what are the things that you're passionate about that you're naturally good at? What are the skills you've also developed, you know, and just really, I I always tell them 
the best place to start a job search is inside of yourself. Like, let's look at your strengths, your interests, your your gifts, your talents, your skills. Let's look at these patterns and go from there. Um, I know that a lot of people in our audience have never heard of Gaggle. And I know that it is incredibly, I mean, I, I almost have goosebumps just thinking about it, but talk about significant value and purpose. Tell us a little bit about Gaggle and we'll go from there. Sure. So I, I like to describe Gaggle with a story because I think stories are powerful and meaningful when we connect with them. So this is a true story from a school district that partners with Gaggle to keep their kids safe. They're based in New Jersey. And it was a Friday evening and they had a middle school boy who was at home. He pulled out his school provided Chromebook, got into his Google Classroom account. And he started creating a Google document. It said, I've been faking my feelings. I'm unimportant to the world. I have no one who loves me, not even my parents, my family cares about me. Suicide is my only option. So he writes this Google Doc. What we do at Gaggle is we sit behind the school's digital tools, Google Classroom, Office 365. We're pulling in all the email, the Google Docs, anything the kids are creating or collaborating on. We run it through technology that highlights things that are suspicious. And then we have people that review those 24 hours a day. And obviously our safety person saw this, knew it was a real credible threat. So we called our emergency contacts, the school principal. The school principal in turn had the assistant principal start calling the school police while the, while the principal called the family. When the principal got a hold of the parents, they said, no, our son is fine. We, we, we just finished dinner. He's upstairs in his room. But when they went to look, he wasn't there. And that's where it became great that the assistant principal got a hold of the local police because in this town, they knew where to go. Um, in this town, there's trains that run through to New York City, and there's a certain spot where two children had previously committed suicide by jumping in front of the trains. Sure enough, they found this young boy walking to that spot. Uh, that story so far this school year has happened over a thousand times. This thousand, school year. A thousand times we made a phone call that was, it was clear that the student was going to uh, kill themselves or someone else within the next 24 hours. Uh, we see lots of harassment and bullying. We see so much depression and cutting. Last school year is over 50,000 references. We help protect about five, you know, 5.2 million students across the United States. Wow. Wow. I mean, from a one by one perspective, just from that individual student, that's incredibly significant. And then thinking about it in the masses and with the number of cases that you said are specific to this year alone, that's... This is going to be a a really, this has been a really rough year for kids and I don't think it's going to get any better. Um, Pre-COVID, over 6,000 youth a year was committing suicide. And over 3,000 high school kids a day were attempting suicide. I don't know statistics during COVID yet for those items, but I'm, I'm confident that it's higher, sadly. Wow. I, I would imagine, but I don't know the statistics either. But wow. Wow. That's, that's going to take me a minute to just, just to think some of that through. Um, I, I think it's, going to be really easy for our listeners with this episode to sense so much of the meaning and significance and importance 
of transitioning from teaching to working, you know, at a company like this. And obviously not all companies or job opportunities are, are directly related with this much significance. But I know a lot of teachers sometimes feel like, well, nothing else out there, no other job options or opportunities are as meaningful or are as significant, or I would be contributing in, you know, as important of a role as I currently am as an in-person teacher. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, I I, I believe it it is true that teaching is such a meaningful career, right? Impacting 25 to 35 students on a daily basis and helping them learn, helping them feel appreciated and loved is super important. But sometimes it takes a lot out of us and it's okay to basically say, I did that for a number of years and I'm ready to move on to something else. And there's no shame in that. And in the ed tech space, you're still building products and doing things that ultimately help the kids and help the educators who are helping the kids. So there's still so much meaning in, in what you're doing in ed tech. So true. And I love thinking about, you know, when I was a teacher and I had 25 to 35 students in my class, that was fantastic. And then in some of the other roles I had after that, making resources for teachers and for students, I mean, we were not only making a full year's curriculum, but it was also distributed in 36 languages. You know what I mean? It's like, we've got a global audience. We're talking tens of thousands of students. It was just nice to, when you've developed certain gifts to be able to share those and have the opportunity to, to share them for good, you know, just in a new role, in a new way. Yeah. No, look, I mean, making something just a little bit better in that role across hundreds of thousands of kids has a huge impact, right? So the work is meaningful. So true. Okay. So I know that you are an incredible supporter and encourager of people who are trying to get into the education space or the ed tech space. Can you give us a little bit of insight when it comes to teachers who are transitioning from the classroom to ed tech or the education sphere? What are some of the specific roles where you see teachers' skills, their gifts, their experience contributing and just shining through most where teachers thrive next? So I'll share with you the roles at Gaga where we have former educators. So sales is a big one. Customer success, customer support, our renewals team, our safety team. Um, Those are some places that we use former educators. Um, Other places where I think educators can, you know, get into ed tech and and contribute meaningfully um, starting an entry level marketing role certainly a professional development role where we're sending people out or doing online trainings for educators. You know, that's a natural, uh, and then curriculum writing. So those are, those are the, the job areas that I identify. Let's dive in a little bit deeper to some of those. Cause I, I know some of those they're going to, our audience feels more familiar with than others. Let's start a little bit with some of those. So doing professional development and training, you know, sometimes when we talk about training with those that are in our membership, some people's kind of mental image of a trainer or a corporate trainer is one thing. And the reality of it is a different, different thing. But what does, yeah, tell us like the day in the life of a trainer, what does a trainer do? So this is a little more pre-pandemic, right? Our, our trainers would do a lot of travel, right? I mean, we had a trainer who was on the road a lot. She loved it. And so she'd be flying across the country to go to different districts and she'd spend a full day or a half day training the educators. 
right? And sort of walking them through the product and how to how to use it. And you know, currently our, our trainers are spending time walking through our districts like, okay, so if this happens, how do we want to respond as a district? So they're almost facilitating a conversation. Uh, of course, during the pandemic, all that training has now become sort of online professional development via Zoom call. It's really scaled back the amount of training roles that I'm seeing available, but I expect that to change within the next few months that we'll start seeing more PD roles open up. Very cool. I, when I was interviewed by an ed tech company for a trainer role, and you know, I asked them a handful of questions and I spoke with some of their trainers about different aspects of, of their roles and responsibilities. I, it, it was school improvement network based in Utah, by the way. And, you know, they were like, you're going to be, you would be traveling all over the U S and you'd be training on things like this with this many teachers and administrators at a time. I remember one of the trainers saying, as far as your lifestyle goes, you will never buy a gallon of milk again. <laughs> like, you're not going to be home long enough to finish that. Like if, if you buy fruit, it's going to be the little things cut up. And, and I remember another trainer trainer saying, um, I still read bedtime stories to my kids, but it's over FaceTime, you know? And it was just so interesting for me as I was weighing different opportunities that were on the table that at that time, it was, you know, what kind of lifestyle do I want? And like you mentioned training, if it's not all virtual, there can be a lot of travel. Any other insights you'd offer? Um, you know, I would say there's at Gaggle, we don't have dedicated trainers. Our customer success people also do the training. Some of them do more than others, depending on where their skill sets are. So you can structure a PE role that's not 20 days of travel a month. Um, but many are that just that. Yeah, so true. And I do, you know, some trainers that I spoke with when I was interviewing at a variety of companies. Some of them also mentioned burnout rate for those that were traveling almost every week. You know what I mean? And so, and at that time in my life, that totally worked with my lifestyle. And I was so ready for something new and different and just opening up different opportunities. So I was, I was very open to it at the time. Okay. You mentioned customer success and I, I love this role and teachers are such a great fit for it in so many ways. I get to do customer success and training with some ed tech products that I represent as an educational consultant in my region. So I'm very familiar with it, but for people who are listening to this and they're hearing customer success, like what is that? Can you describe that for them? So first of all, ed tech companies are ridiculous, right? Let's just start with the companies are ridiculous in many ways. They create the, all these fancy titles and names. I don't even, sometimes I don't know what they are. And so I, I've, you know, sometimes I'll call it account management or client engagement or God knows what, um, customer yeah. success. Oh. Can I just pause you right there? Because folks, everybody listening to this, like you're hearing from an ed tech CEO and he's saying, I have no idea what these ed tech companies are referring to in these roles. Thank you for saying that because there's so many of them and they come up with their own little spin on it oftentimes. So for teachers who are hearing this, when you see a job description and it has a title and you're thinking, well, but that doesn't say trainer or that doesn't say customer success, or that doesn't say customer support, or customer sounds so corporate, so businessy, not like education where you're helping people. Like, Just know, read the description and try and talk with someone at the company who can explain what, what the role is in different ways. Because yeah, there's so many names and titles. So yeah, I would skip right down to the responsibilities and start reading. Is it about 
already sold districts or is it about, you know, building the relationships and having a pipeline or a quota, but those say sales, right? Um, you just wish they would just say it right off the bat. Um, so anyway, so that, that's a good way to think about it. Customer success is not sales. It's about once the district has been sold, right? They're the ones who go, sometimes they do implementation, right? We split that out a gaggle, but they're really responsible for like making sure the customer is getting the help they need to succeed, right? Or implementation with fidelity. Um, that's, that's really the customer success role. Occasionally, it's also part of the renewals process. And sometimes there is some bonus or commission based on renewal rates. Awesome. And you said that you do have teachers at your company who are currently in a customer success role. Yeah, we have, um, I'm thinking two former educators, right? One was, one actually was a, a CTO and one was a classroom teacher who they were both in sales and decided they wanted, they decided they'd rather really take a salary cut, a compensation cut to focus more on customer success because they just wanted to help people. They, they didn't enjoy sales. I've also seen it go the other way. People starting customer success after a while, like, wait a minute, why is that salesperson getting paid so much money? I could do that job better. And, and teachers make great salespeople. We have many teachers that are former teachers that are in sales roles. That's so great. And I also love encouraging people who, you know, have, have gifts and skills in that area of sales to not, sometimes they don't feel good when they hear the word sales. So replace that word with providing, right? It's like, hey, I'm here to provide you with a resource that is going to protect your students from this, 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 and this. I mean, you can call it sales or you can call it like an informative representative, like anyway, just getting beyond that word. We all think of sales, we picture the used car sales, very transactional. I know more than you, I'm going to trick you into buying this car. That's not how education sales takes place. It's consultative, right? It's like, tell me about the challenges you're having. Oh, our reading scores have really fallen behind the last two years. Okay. Here, here's how we could help with that. Right. And, and it's, it's a longer term process usually, and you have to build relationships. Yep. So true. So true. Yeah. And the relationships are so important for selling it or providing it as well as, you know, a repeat customer, like you said, with customer support. So do you ever wonder what you could do next for work opportunities? Would you like to hear from actual teachers who have now gone beyond their classroom and work in different roles? Well, join us at our upcoming summit. Whether you want to become a trainer, whether you want to start your own online business, whether you want to become an educational consultant or work remotely from home in flexible ways that align with your skills, we have excellent teachers who are going to show you the ropes for all of these things and more. Come and get the training you need for those specific resumes. Come and get the resources you need to actually get started. You don't have to do this alone. You're going to do it more successfully and enjoyably by doing it together. Go to teachertransition.com forward slash summit to sign up for the summit today so that you can join us as it goes live. Let's go to some of the other roles that you mentioned. Like you mentioned customer support. Uh-huh. What so, does that role look like? 
So customer support is generally the inbound call. So, so when a school district's having an issue, it might be, hey, I need to reset a password or um, this is somehow messed up in my account or how do I do this thing, right? When they're calling in, it's usually um, a call in or maybe some of the smaller districts that don't have an assigned account manager. Customer support, it's a little more entry level. It's a great way for an educator to start. And then they get to see, okay, where are the roles I want to move to after this role? Excellent. Yeah, I love that. Any other roles that you want to mention where there are former teachers at your company or if it's a different role, just anywhere where you'd recommend them to look? Well, look, we, we've talked about sales and, and we can talk about why educators make great salespeople, but, but I would encourage your listeners not to be afraid of that, right? To, to look to embrace it. And, and all these roles are stepping stones into other positions. Um, I'm kind of surprised more educators don't go for uh, marketing, right? But it needs to be, you're going to have to start entry level, but there's some advantages an educator has, but marketing is another great role for educators. And what are some of those advantages? Like writing, just communication skills? So, and this applies, I think, to all of the roles in ed tech. Um, First of all, as an educator, you understand the language of other educators, right? You speak their language. You understand their challenges and their concerns, right? Honestly, you also understand the district bureaucracy and the processes, right? That's hard, right? I mean, a lot of people don't understand that what decisions a principal makes versus a curriculum director versus a superintendent, right? You have a better sense of that and and how how to basically move initiative through the system. Uh, I believe teachers are salespeople, right? They've been selling history or algebra to a 13-year-old teenage boy. That cannot be an easy sale, right? You know, obviously, you know, understanding curriculum, writing curriculum, and and many teachers are experts in, in fields such as math or science, right? I think those are all great. And obviously, we talked about professional development. They've been standing in front of a classroom teaching so they understand how to do that. They've attended many professional development sessions themselves. So they have insights that, you know, someone from the outside the field wouldn't. I love that. Yeah. The teachers that are in our membership and that are in some of our courses, I love seeing like the professional development resources that they make, the presentations, the online learning pieces, so many things. And I'm just, it's so obvious to see their skills and their gifts applied in a different context, just through a little bit of like scaffolding talk about education words, but you know, just your opportunities to, to apply it in a different context. They're incredible at it. Yeah. I remember I had someone from outside the industry once talk about, oh, I'm going to teach pedagogy. I'm like, uh, you got some work to do. <laughs> yeah. Let's maybe back it up a little bit. Really, there are so many things that educators are familiar with just by knowing the ecosphere of education like Mm -hmm. you referred to knowing like district leaders and administrators and yeah, the roles and responsibilities of so many people. That's really, really true. Are there other roles that you've seen with the pandemic that have been affected as far as there are a lot more of these opportunities or fewer, you mentioned training, there might be fewer at the moment, but have you seen any other influences or things that have come about because of, of the pandemic? From the pandemic, so look, I, I, I believe there's going to be a tremendous need for more edtech companies. I'm already seeing are, are hiring as furious, fast and furiously as they can. So I think there's more opportunity now than than I've ever seen. 
Uh, one of the trends from the pandemic is that most jobs are now work from home and will remain that way. So, you know, think to yourself, I mean, do, do I enjoy working from home? I like the role I miss people, right? Um, if you miss people, then, then definitely you might want to do PD or something that's going to get you out there more. Um, but really, I just, I just see there's, there's just so many roles that are opening up. Um, some of the things, and some of this I'll probably hit upon when I, when I do my, my summit video, but there's, as an educator, you should be open to the idea that you might have to take a step backwards onto a new path. So you're taking a step backwards to get on a new path, but that's okay because it's going to lead you up a different mountain, right? And that mountain can lead all sorts of places, right? Anything you do is an entry point, whether that's customer support, customer success, right? Um, I think those are important things to know and to understand that when you when you join an ed tech company, there's some things that are a little different than in a school district, right? Most ed tech people tend to jump jobs every two to four years, right? It's just, I don't know why. Obviously, as a as CEO, I don't like that, but that's what they tend to do. But also know that there's opportunity for very fast advancement within a company. The example I, I use is Marissa Burkhardt from Instructure. Five years ago, she started as a sales engineer after leaving a district, and now she's regional VP of, of K-12 and Instructure, right? Five years, she went from, you know, not being in corporate to being, to leading a large team. That's awesome. It, just in our membership call that we had with people about a week ago in our teacher transition membership, um, we even talked about Instructure and their how, how well their contract positions pay. Because I know a lot of teachers have started asking, well, what can I do for just a contract position, maybe over the summer to try something on for size, see if I like this, kind of test the waters before I jump in. And, and one of our advisors for members in the membership is a former hiring manager. And I mean, she had so many different roles at Canvas, at Instructure. So yeah, we're well connected with their company and, and different opportunities there. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I, I love what you're talking about of mobility. Like there, I tell teachers frequently, once you are in, then the opportunity for moving around to different positions is so much more, you know, there are just a lot of different opportunities. And I call things like instructional design or training. They're kind of like the gateway drug of working, you know, it's kind of like the gateway job of, of getting into some of these things. And so I know a lot of our teachers are sometimes, um, a little bit of kind of a perfectionistic type uh, from what we see. And sometimes it's like, well, do I want this job? Am I going to love this? Am I going to really, really, really love, love, love this? And it's like, you know what? It's okay. Cause you might just have that role for five months. And then they're going to see some of the skills and gifts you have, and it might switch to something else or different opportunities come your way. But any other thoughts about mobility and, and new roles well, that can come? Let's think about when we're talking to our students, right? We, we wouldn't say, you know, oh, you, you, we, wouldn't, we would tell them, look, you need to, have, you need to have a growth mindset. You need to try new things, right? Nothing's permanent, right? This is what we tell our kids. You know, apply that same thinking to ourselves. Well said. Yeah. And not waiting for perfect. Like you don't have to be perfect at how to do this job. Like they all have training, you know, we onboard new employees in their roles and then you just apply your gifts and you learn, you learn on the go. So, so mm -hmm. true growth mindset all the way. 
Um, any specific skills you want to mention that your team has or former educators, former teachers on your team that you're like, they are rock stars at this or really great at that? Uh, it it's goes back to things we talked about earlier, just understanding the lingo, the people, what their challenges are, what their needs are, right? How to, how to listen, right? You know, those are the important things that we need out of our, our salespeople and our customer success people, especially. Excellent. That's great. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about just really practical things, resumes, cover letters, interviewing, um, any specific advice that you would offer of the good, the bad, and the ugly that you've seen, or maybe best case scenarios, what to do or not do. All right. So um, get out there on LinkedIn and network. Right? That's where all the action is, right? When you send a connection request, right? Send a little note, not a long one, one or two sentences, more than that. And like, now you're making me read a lot. Um, I don't have time for that. Um, you should have your picture on your profile. Your headline should say something. And I believe you should say something like what job you're aspiring to move to. Right. So those are some of the ideas that, that I have. Um, when you're interviewing, right, choose your employer well, right? There's differences between private equity backed or VC backed companies, profitable or unprofitable, right? Um, so you're interviewing the company as much as they're interviewing you. If you're going for a role that's outside of something you've done before, so maybe it's sales or maybe it's marketing, um, start, start learning, right? Just exactly what we tell our kids, like, there are online courses like Sales 101, or if you're doing marketing, you might take a, a Salesforce class or a HubSpot training class or digital marketing class, right? You want to take those so that you can go into the conversation prepared. When you do get an interview, right, go on LinkedIn, look up the person's name, see their profile. Where do they go to school? What, what looks like their background, right? How can you build rapport and relate to them? When you're on the interview, right, this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. When you're asked a question, keep your answers short, two to four minutes. If you're talking for more than four minutes, it's a monologue. It's not that exciting, right? Keep your answers short. The interviewer will direct you to where, to the things that are important for them to understand to make a decision about moving you on, right? So trust the interviewer a little bit more. The less talking we do, the more we succeed. And I, I would encourage people to just really practice Maybe with an egg timer, right? There's some typical questions being answered. You know, make sure you you've got them short and specific and sweet, and you get stories to tell. That's great. Really good examples. Gosh, especially like the monologue thing. Really good example. Thank you. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I, I'm sure everyone can understand why an interviewer would not be a fan of that. Mm -hmm. Good call. Thank you. Um, let's see. Okay. If there is a teacher out there or a former teacher out there listening to this right now, and if they're just intimidated, like if they're wanting to land a job, wanting to go for it, what would be your first recommendation? Just go on LinkedIn, start searching, or what would you recommend or advise well, them to do? I would start actually, I would go on LinkedIn, start building up the network, communicating with some people, right? Um, teach transition. That's a good place to start. You, you know, start sort of hanging out with other people who have either made the transition or looking to make the transition. 
you know, I'm seeing more and more resources that are being put out there for educators who want to understand what it looks like, right? Do your homework, right? What do we tell our kids, right? If you want to succeed at something, you, you, you learn, you read, you practice. Well said. Well said. And you refer to certain courses and we can link some of these things below, but you referred to, you know, get to know Salesforce or get to know HubSpot. Are there specific courses you would recommend or maybe on LinkedIn learning? If there's anything you want specifically, we'll post them in our show notes. We already have, you know, some of our resources that we have are, you know, here's the directory companies that hire teachers and that's categorized by different company types or opportunity types. Um, another one of the resources that we have for teachers is the Next Jobs for Teachers guidebook. And so it will show teachers like an organizational chart of here's how companies like Gaggle are organized in the different departments, so to speak. And then we break down the different roles like customer success, we tell them about it, and then we link them to courses or resources that help them be successful or learn the skills to develop the confidence and skills of that role. Are there certain courses that you would recommend? And if so, we'll then link those in some of our things. Or if it's just like LinkedIn learning resources, we can obviously. You know, since I'm, I'm not doing any training myself, or at least not on these areas, I, I don't have great ones to recommend. I know Salesforce, I think is Trailhead that I think you can sign up for courses there, right? And get different Salesforce certifications, right? I think there's some for HubSpot as well. Um, Right. There's a, if you're interested in sales, I highly recommend finding Josh Braun on LinkedIn and listen to everything he talks about. Right. He's got such great, great advice for salespeople. He's got this series is called I teach my wife sales. And so it's him and his wife, this back and forth banter that is just, it's just really, it's so accessible. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And is that specific to ed tech or just sales in Um, general? Josh was a classroom teacher. Um, he's not specific to ed tech, but he gets educators. And, and I think that's what makes him such a great sales trainer because he's a, he's a teacher. Yeah. Get, he gets people. You know, a lot of teachers get people. I love that. We'll have to have him on the show too. So thanks for mentioning that. Okay. Now tell us just a little bit more as far as you mentioning like, well, since I'm not making courses, like tell us more about what you are making. Give us a little teaser or sneak peek of what you're going to be sharing with teachers at the upcoming summit. So I I think I want to spend some more time talking about um, the interview process, you know, what types of things that I do and don't like when I hear an interview, right? That whole encouragement to take a step back to get on a new path, right? Maybe explain some of what the titles are, um, Right. I, I think that then the, or the whole networking aspect, I think those are the things that, that I could probably share the most on. Okay. Excellent. I'm sure everyone's looking forward to that a lot. If anyone in our audience would like to connect with you, what would be the best way for them so, to? I'm on LinkedIn. You go ahead and, and follow me. Right. Um, as many, hopefully many are starting to learn. I post uh, several times a week, open ed tech jobs. And so you're welcome to follow me and see those lists and, and look for jobs that inspire you to apply. Well said. That's awesome. I just know that it's so encouraging. Everyone really appreciates that. I've seen your posts and yeah, that's, that's so much of the piece of the puzzle is knowing what opportunities are even out there that I can go for. So I love your influence with that as well. So thank you. Hey, Jeff, thanks so much. And I mean, from a personal standpoint, but also like in behalf of 
everybody in our audience and so many more. Thank you so much for creating a company that's not just successful and, and it makes it in the world, but but a company of purpose that contributes to the well-being of people, of individuals, of families, of communities in such a personal and significant way. So thank you so much You're for that. Out. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come. Thank you.